0: Hello everybody, Rockstarama here, and I am going to give you a little info today. Oh, there it goes. Much better. We're going to give you a little info today on how to start catching bass, the most elusive creature to ever exist on the planet. Not really. I believe that would be the Wendigo or the Chupacabra, or perhaps. What's the other one? The Tasmanian tiger? What a mystery. Anyways, now we're going to be talking about topwater fishing and how you can get started. Now I, being the expert amazing fisherman that I am, I'm going to bestow upon you my knowledge of such a simple yet challenging concept of fishing, which is beholden to those that have been through the challenges of Learning and making mistakes and nearly dying trying to perfect our craft. And so I can now relay this information to you because I just turned 110 years old and that means that I'm very experienced in fishing. I remember when we just used rocks as fishing, it was very challenging back in the days. Throw the rock in the water, hope the fish comes to investigate, and then grab the fish and eat it immediately. But no, the. Things I would like to talk about initially, we're gonna talk about a lot, but today we're gonna be talking about how to get started with topwater fishing. Topwater fishing can be very rewarding. It can be very frustrating as well. So I'm gonna try and make it easy. I just just realized my emails were open. Um, And we're going to start out with something that just about anybody can use as long as you have the right equipment. You don't need a lot of equipment. You don't need like really expensive equipment to use it. It's something that many fishermen have started. uh, That's how they started out their topwater fishing or their bass fishing in general. They just thought, all right, well, what's a cool little lure? They asked grandpa and what do he say? Well, here, throw this little tiny torpedo, you little bastard and get out of my house. Who are you again? So anyways, a tiny torpedo, I actually have one right here that's not it just kidding okay yeah so this this these is the tiny torpedo it's a little top water well that's big i don't have one because i don't own any because i'm far past being at the level i need to use a tiny torpedo <laughs> i'm kidding now everybody starts out with stuff like this the you know the little rebel pop r's or the tiny torpedo Tor- t- i choose tiny torpedo for your first top water. Because I believe that it is like the easiest topwater to use almost. And it is relatively snag-proof. You know, just because of the way it's it's shaped kind of protects the hooks from getting snagged. It looks like a little minnow, or a little whatever you'd like to call it. Um, But anything that drops into the water will kind of have this... Profile. So if you're thinking grasshopper profile, praying mantis, they probably fall in the water too. Kind of looks like this. At least its ass does. And then of course we have katydids and uh, cicadas. Cicadas are huge right now because they just had like a 17 year hatch. I guess everywhere. Who knew? If only I could wait 17 years to get laid. But the <clears throat> yeah, well, mine went to a weird place there for a second, but yes, the Tiny Torpedo, very easy to use, very rewarding because uh, you'll get a lot of little side action on it. You'll get some, some, some bycatches, crappie, I've caught crappie on them um, before I even knew what a crappie was, and it was a little white crappie back in Sulphur Creek in Lampasas, Texas, and it was actually really cool because I think that was one of the first fish that I ate that I caught. And so, I um, used the Tiny Torpedo, and it was, uh, uh, I've learned some things along the way, okay? So initially, I would just reel it in like a little buzzbait. And if you don't know what a buzzbait is, it's a little bit more advanced technique than the Tiny Torpedo, because Tiny Torpedo stays on top water. It stays on top water, not underwater. Buzzbait, on the other hand, falls deep if give a slack. So... Don't give any slack to your buzzbait. Make sure you're always keeping it tight to keep it on top of the water if you want to experiment with buzzbaits or other things. Don't let me know about too many of the other things you want to experiment, you weirdos. And I – but anyways, yeah, so the tiny torpedo, very cool little bait. Mimics just about anything, like I said, that falls into the water. You just got to make sure you have the right line for it. Uh, The main mistake that I see people make, which is so – unbelievable that people can make mistakes fishing what you mean it's more complicated than just tying a hook on and throwing it out and then waiting yes it's a little bit more complicated there's are little living animals and most of them are predators and the ones that you are focusing on are absolutely predators so a little more complicated than you think it's going to be so Little tiny torpedo, make sure that your line's not too heavy. I would probably use 8 to 10 pound mono. 10's mono, still a little uh, iffy. Um, the teeny torpedo, there's actually one called the teeny torpedo, which is a little, I think it's this little one and a half inch right here. Well, you can't really tell. But yeah, the teeny torpedo is a thing as well. It's even smaller. So if you'd like to catch panfish or brim or perch, those are all the same thing. I just use three different terms because <laughs> my brain's so full of it. The bluegill love small topwaters, and it's really fun to watch them because they'll even fight over a little bit. Um, so if you're into eating perch or you know bluegill down here in the south, well, we have other types of um, of perch as well. well. Around here, I catch a lot. If I do accidentally catch a perch on topwater, it's usually a, a pumpkin seed actually, and those are some of the prettiest fish out there. Um, I don't eat. Fish in my house though, so I don't really bring very many fish home. But if pumpkin seed got big enough, I would definitely eat it. But they're just kind of cool, stupid little fish. But the teeny torpedo is the one that you would like to use if you were, I, you know, you're targeting very small predators, okay? Or if you're trying to snag gar, because snag will, gar will eat those all day long. And those three treble hooks, yeah, you're gonna get them. It's gonna go right through that little mouth of theirs. It's gonna and get embedded real good. Usually gar, gar do not get hooked on topwaters especially is because the hooks are too big they're just they just can't grab enough skin if that makes sense That's my theory anyways. I um, Might get that study peer-reviewed by Harvard law, but I don't know I'll think about it and the normal tiny torpedo is about two inches long. It says right here uh, 1.78 which is almost two inches long. So if you have something that you are used to handling that is two inches long, you'll be pretty comfortable using the Tiny Torpedo. It'll feel familiar. (laughs) Don't take that out of context. So, monofilament is the way to go with the Tiny Torpedo. I lose my mind every time I see somebody who's inexperienced and they're using braided line. Braided line does not stretch. It does not care about your feelings. It will cut you and it it just does not apply to something like this. If you use braid for this, fine. Good for you. You're going to get more action out of it and your better results if you use monofilament. Because monofilament floats, well, it's more buoyant anyways. And fluorocarbon is meant to sink. So don't use fluorocarbon because it will mess up the, this bait unless you are con- unless you're doing a constant retrieve which means you're just reeling you're just watching it slip upon the surface of the water and just waiting for a bite like that in that scenario you can use fluorocarbon uh braid like i said i just think it's overkill for a tiny torpedo if you want to use braid go ahead man cut your hands up it's cool and the monofilament does have a little stretch so if you get a good hit and your line is tight got a little leeway so that the hooks can really get embedded in that fish's face, and it won't, it more likely will, uh, you'll get the fish. You know what I mean? Uh, if it's lines too dense uh, for something this size, you most likely you're going to pull that torpedo out of its face. I've seen people online using braid for far too many techniques that do not require braid. And it's not like they're fishing a tournament. It's not like they're out there for money. They're literally just making a YouTube video at the pond. And for whatever reason, people like to watch them fish, even though they're idiots. And I'm not that much of a not idiot, but let me tell you, I'm not that level of idiot. So they use braid for square bills and lipless crankbaits and swim baits. And I'm just like, why? Why are you using braid? The fish can see it unless you're in Texas. Where they decide that they don't want to, they want to fill in a mud pit with water, and then they wonder why the water's not clear. Maybe because it's a mud pit. Just, whatever. But anyways, yeah, so, also when you're watching people fish online, and they, they uh, tactically edit things so that you don't see how stupid they are, follow your gut. If If you feel like they're full of it, they're probably full of it. Me, I just don't care. I'm going to tell you all the information that I've learned, all of it, over the years and the way that I would start, especially if you're starting not on topwater, hey, why not? Tiny torpedoes, the way to go. If you want to get a little crazy, you can actually go with the Pop R. This thing has been around since like the 1940s. Your grandfather used this bait if he was a fisherman and not a hooker. This is a bait that will get all kinds of hits if the tiny torpedo is not working because it makes a... And that is the sound of something falling into the water. That is my true assumption of why they get so curious about it. Because not only is it moving, but it's making that clop-plopping noise like something's falling in the water and they get excited naturally because of that. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my theory. I'm going to put it in the Wall Street Journal and see what they think. Good idea, right? But anyways, you're probably wondering about color. But what color should I use? Well, I'd say blown, boom boom. Bone is a good color because they could see it, and it does mimic many different color spectrums uh, that are in nature. And then the uh, other one, if you have darker water, you can use a well. This almost like a laminate, but it's but it's hard plastic. What I wanted to show you was this one. Yes, yes. This is the this is like the classic. This is actually a really big one, though. Um, but anyways, yeah, this color right here, natural shad, I don't know what they call it here, silver black. So every company has a different name for natural shad. This is natural shad. Dark top, silver bottom, That tra- it, it goes from a darker silver to a lighter silver to almost transparent on the bottom, if it's a smart company. Because, you know, there's a lot of weird things out there. And I work at Bass Pro on Fridays, so I kind of know... There's a lot of weird stuff, and there's a lot of things that catch your eye that are not gonna catch fish. So, you gotta kinda weed through the, the, the garbage in order to find good lures that aren't crazy. Um, but yeah, the pop R or the tiny torpedo, just two baits out of millions. But if you're wanting to start catching fish on top water, this is a great way to do it. You don't have to do the googan bullshit because it doesn't work. And I see it online. I see people fishing, and they're saying they're using one thing, but then they tactically edit because they're really using a brush crawl, you know, or, or or you know, or like a speed worm or whatever it is. Um, just don't be sold by the gimmicky people because they are most definitely not as good as you as as they think they are when they're sacrificing their winnings to celebrate. You know, so it's like, do I win the tournament or do I sell or do I push this bait? That doesn't work that well because I've had people on my boat using them, and they just they just don't work very well. They work okay, but they don't work very well. They don't work as good as some baits. Some baits are just money. D bombs, don't know why, money. They look stupid, but bass love them. They can't they can't handle it. And if you put it on a chatterbait, woo, it's all over. But anyways, so if you're going to start out with top water and that's your goal for your life at this point, God has laid out a path in front of you and now you must try the topwater bait and see if you can catch a bass on topwater. Then yes, this is a great way to start and it's a fun way to start too because you're gonna get a lot of attention with this bait as long as it's not too cold or too hot, somewhere in the middle. Fish in the morning, probably a best, your best bait. Um, it's worth not sleeping in just to go and get a top water bite period so for me if i was starting out or people that are starting out use light line eight to ten pound probably not a whole lot more than that um no braid it's just it's just silly you're not going to get as many hits and you're going to miss more fish to be frank and use a, a medium to medium heavy rod spinning outfit, or even, you know, your Zebco 33 with the ugly stick would work fine. Just make sure that, rod not too stout. Stout, More stout the rod in this, for this particular bait, more likely you're going to pull the fi- pull it out of the fish's mouth. I know it sounds like a stupid thing, but it's a thing, okay? Sometimes they eat it, but they don't eat it, and the more stiff your rod is in that situation, the more likely you're going to lose the fish. I know it sounds ridiculous,
1: but it is what it is.
0: So anyways, if you like this video, please tell all your friends about it, if you have friends that are actually people. Or you can just subscribe yourself, and you can leave me comments, and you can send me messages and tell me how much you loved it and how much you just can't live without knowing there's another video coming in a week or two. Okay, I'm going to try and do this weekly basis. I've been putting it off uh, just because I just didn't feel like doing it, to be honest. And, but my brain is full of information, and I hope that you will join me next time. We didn't talk too much about the life or liberty part of this, but I will say this: there are lots of cairns out there that do not want you to fish their back, car their, their little pond in their area. They think you're hurting the fish, which is impossible. I mean, you can injure anything. Hurt is a construct of a brain's capacity to feel. right fish do not have that capacity so they know something's going on but they don't feel ouch pain like us so Karen just let it go okay also make sure that you are doing it legally if they do have no fishing signs if there's a homeowners association that's nice you can actually ask them if you can fish that area. They're probably going to say no. I know there are some, some homeowners associations that are getting smart, and they're actually selling fishing licenses for the lakes that are in their area. Genius and selfish. But look into that. Try not to do anything illegal. Legal. Uh, fishing at night with these things is sick. Like There's no telling what size bass you'll catch on these baits at night. So in the summer when it's real hot, all those fish move up and they start feeding because that's what the bait does. They just follow what the bait does. That's why you go by a if you drive by one of those ponds real early in the morning, where the sun's just barely out, you see those ripples on the water when there's no wind, that is bait and that is shad and they are pushed up against that ba- bank because somebody is home and they are very hungry and they want to eat those delicious little morsels and they are delicious. <laughs> I won't tell you how to no. know. I asked a bass. Anyways, I'll talk to you later. Let me know what you want on the next episode. next episode probably going to talk about some silly laws that I've discovered, and so that will be an interesting episode. If I get somebody on here to chat with me while we do this, we'll do that too. But anyways, I'll see you next time on Life, Liberty, and Fishing. Bye-bye.